You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's Thursday, which means it's back to football tonight. And then, of course, getting ready for Cowboys and Falcons on Sunday. But it also means, most importantly, that it's time for Roy White and Ari Temkin here broadcasting the boys and the blogging the boys network. And we are really excited to be joined by a man who's known in Cowboys Twitter as not to be trite or not too trite, depending on, I don't know. It used to be not too trite, right? Now it's at not to be. It was, it was, I mean, I may have misspelled it wrong because I'm bad with words, but it's been that one for quite some time. Not to be trite. I always thought it was not too trite. Mm -mm. Not to be trite. All right. You learn something new every day. But I'm a fanboy. I could have told you that. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I just always hear Jerry saying not to try it, but you're right. Oh, it's, not, it's not a Jerry. It's not a Jerry conversation until he slides that one in there. <laughs> it's not. It is not. It's not being all. tried, and I'm you not. Do not want to be tried. <laughs> really, relative to, you know. Um, as you mentioned, Dar, we're really excited to have Mike with us. And we want people to know uh, here at blog, Blogging the Boys that we care about, you know, the fans' opinion as well. And Mike – um, has has kind of worked his way into yeah, but a lot of fans have stupid opinions. Is that mean to say? <laughs> well, again, this is where I was going, Ari. That that is a fair thing to say, and not to be critical of anybody that's listening to the podcast at this moment. But Mike, by sharing his opinions, has garnered enough respect within the Cowboys yeah. social media community that if you said at not to be trite to much of the media members who cover the Dallas Cowboys they would know to whom you are referring, even if they couldn't name him or as is the case up until maybe the last week and a half or so, they couldn't have told you what he sounded like. <laughs> well, now they can do both. And Mike, we're really happy to have you. And we hope we have the opportunity to have more folks like you uh, that maybe don't get the spotlight that they deserve joining us on the podcast and sharing some of your great Cowboys opinions with us. Well, thanks for having me, boys. Hell yeah, man. Let's get to it. Cowboys Falcons on uh, Sunday at noon pregame show with me and Brian Broaddus at nine o'clock on 105.3 The Fan and the Cowboys Radio Network. Um, we thought we'd do something a little bit different today, and that is to not reflect on Sunday night's game in a negative light because that's obviously that dead horse has been kicked, but rather to, to maybe focus on the positive side of Sunday night, which is, man, hard to do, but it's crazy, right? Because Think about it. Let's just let's just live in a fantasy world where the offensive pass interference is called. The Cowboys somehow kick a game time field goal and then win the game in overtime. Like it shouldn't whole, be a fan. It shouldn't be a fantasy world that we're living in, by the way, where that is not called. True. But I, but, but what I'm saying is that the margins are so slim <laughs> that like when you lose, it's all negative. Everybody sucks. Fire everybody. And, but when you win, it's the exact opposite. And yet it's like the margins here are so slim. Like, yeah, we're sitting here, you know, people are getting tearing down Dak's performance when there's a lot of quarterbacks who played a lot worse than him across the league and won their games. So well, Mike, was, 
I'm glad you mentioned him specifically, though, because on that point, before we get to the positive, well, I guess to well, me. That was my positive. That was my first positive. I my would bad. focus on Dak <laughs> as a positive. And, yeah, what's frustrating about it is it's only because they lose that people point immediately to Dak because they don't have the wherewithal to look in the other areas of a football game to try to actually figure out what really caused this team to lose. They look at the point total, which, by the way, could have been six to ten more points if they'd have just been able to hit a field goal. Um, and then – Imagine trusting a kicker when you have Dak Prescott. Boy, the only team <laughs> that trusts a kicker less in the NFL is the team that played on Monday night, the Titans. Um, right now the Cowboys are having a hard time finding faith in anybody, even though Greg Zerline probably does give us more faith than we've had in, in many, many years – in the past but for me kicking's for losers to look at that game (laughs) and immediately point to Dak Prescott as the problem I'm like you Ari he was one of the few positives in this game Mike I know you're with me on that as well Mm -hmm. I mean he went they had 11 play action attempts you know when they actually moved the ball they moved it on play action had 11 attempts one of them was a throwaway the other nine went for 122 yards why does play action work so successfully all the time? It's eye candy. The linebackers have to bite. They have to look at the read. They have no option. And they could, you could run play action like Kansas City runs play action all the time without even running back in the backfield. It's right. still the instinct. <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't not help it. They have to look. And you just need that quarter second to get your guy around the corner, you know, get your guy in motion, get your guy a little breathing room for the, for the completion. And it, it just works. The Rams used play action so well in this game. They've mm-hmm. used play action so well over the course of, of Jared Goff's career. I mean, teams, successful offensive teams use play action. Successful offensive teams throw the ball on first down. Um, and, and look, I know there's a huge conspiracy right now in terms of the NFL 22 and why it hasn't been released yet, all 22 and why it hasn't been released yet, because that gives a lot of insights that you can't see from the TV copy. But... Yeah, flying blind. <laughs> but the Cowboys... I would guess saw a lot of opportunities on first down to run the ball based on essentially a defense that was daring them to run the football. And I would imagine that's a strategy moving forward. You, you want, again, you look at, at yards per attempt through the air versus on the ground on first down for the Cowboys in this game. And you're looking at a, a, a 10 yards per average through the air, five yards per average on the ground, a five running the ball at five yards carry is good, but not when you're throwing the ball at 10 yards an attempt and that's like the difference is teams are going to look at that and think we want them to run the ball on first down. And so it, now it comes to Kellen Moore to make that adjustment because I understand they want to run in these boxes that are slim, but you're still going to get t- more, twice as many yards on first down than you are even if you're on the football in those easy boxes. Well, I'll tell you what. I, go ahead, Mike. The eight man in the box stat is kind of tricky because if you go look back and go at the Minnesota game specifically last year, they would talk about eight men in the box and how it was a light box. Go back and watch that game. They were safety down on third downs and then on mm-hmm. short on short yarded situations. And it, there was, quote, unquote, not eight men in the box until right at the snap. And a lot of times that doesn't get accounted in these. Totally. And that Minnesota game is like the most infuriating game ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, not to get too far on the negative, boys, because we're going to save that for what we've got to deal with <laughs> in terms of the Atlanta Falcons this upcoming weekend. We were just saying so many great things about how Dak Prescott, when he was given time, and that was somewhat of a rare occurrence, 
Uh, it looked looked to me poised in the pocket. Uh, looked to me like a guy who was going through his progressions. Uh, looked to me like a guy who did everything he could have done and should have done in that game for the most part to win a football game. I even think specifically to the fourth down play, he put the ball where it needed to be. And I think if a rookie just gets up the field one more yard and and flattens his route off a little bit further up the field so he can guarantee that he's getting a first down when he catches the football, I think we're – Everybody is evaluating Dak Prescott differently from that game. Um, on that point. That was kind of negative, by the way, Roy. Well, no, that was a positive about Dak Prescott. Uh, slight negative on C.D. Lamb, but I don't think anybody would say he owned that, overall. Uh, C.D. Lamb was another fantastic positive, but that's not the positive I wanted to get to. Okay. The positive I wanted to get to was the aggressiveness of, of Mike McCarthy. Now, it didn't work out, but – this is the exact thing that we have railed against with Jason Garrett in charge for a decade is the lack of aggression and the lack of a plan of plan. knowing what he's going to do in a certain circumstance before he's going to do it. Right. And to me, that sequence where they ran the ball on third down, knowing because you don't run the ball in that situation unless you know you're going for it on fourth. They ran the ball knowing they were going for it on fourth down. To me, even though it didn't work out, that's a positive I take away from this coaching staff that, quite honestly, I think is taking a ton of heat and maybe so much to the point that the honeymoon is officially over for Mike McCarthy, which stuns me to say that we're that soon there. But, Mike, I was really happy with the aggressiveness that they showed, even though it didn't work out the yeah, way you they can't, You can't fault the decision. I mean, they went, you just because the end result didn't pan out. CD goes one more yard. He had 59 yards. If he had 60, you might have win that. You might win that game. Just just one more yard, and you convert that. And that's just the the way it goes. The difference in the game was they didn't convert third downs. They went one for seven on third down. And every attempt was over five yards. Usually Dak cooks third down, and they convert, and then the game rolls on. But you didn't, and you lost the game. So or Do you agree with my assessment of the coaching staff there, or do you take yeah. that as a – I mean, we've, when, we've been – like you said, we've been screaming for the better – for a decade to go for it. You know, I'll, I will always support you. You should go for it all the time. You know, unless it's some one-off scenario where it's – fourth and 29 and you're on your own 11 yard line you know some craziness like that but other than that go for it you, you got all this artillery on offense you got all this on offensive line and I know the offensive line wasn't you know some missing parts and Tyron didn't play well and Zach Martin quite frankly didn't play well but you know you still got all this invested use it use all your downs be a grown-up yeah so I um here's the thing if they're gonna convert it, I like it. If they're not gonna convert it, I hate it. You can't have it. You can't. You can't, you can't do that. You <laughs> gotta make the call before you no, know. No, no. The so in this case, it was the wrong call, right? Because I have the benefit of hindsight, so I can just second guess basically every decision that's ever made. No, I'm being sarcastic, and I'm pretty much, I think, summarizing a lot of Cowboys fans here, who basically talk out of both sides of their mouth when it comes to this stuff. You know, the thing is, like, it's the plan. Jason Garrett never had a plan. He, you know, it was like the team would look to the sideline, like, are we going for it? And he's like, uh, I guess, sure. Should we go for it? Okay, let's do it. 
you, know, you need to have a team that has an expectation of what they're going to do in that situation. So there's no like, they're not tentative. They're just like, all right, let's, let's, we know we're going to go. We're going to go. So the plan was we're going to run the ball in third down. And it was a pretty good call. The thing is, it's like, that's a good call in that situation because there's no way they think you're going to run the football. It was just a good tackle made by the Rams to stop them short, but they know they're going to go for it on fourth down. And they know what the metrics support their decision. And, and, and analytics, I think certainly there could be overused or misplaced, but like have a plan. That was the thing with Jason Garrett was like, you never had a plan. You were always just like, I guess I'll go for it now since there's a lot of pressure on me to go for it. Like one game, he'd never go for it. Then the next game, he'd get criticized for never going for it. And then he would go for it every time. So it's like after the game, McCarthy's like, yeah, yeah. The, the analytics basically said this, that was the right decision. We had a great probability to win the football game if we, if we go for it, then kick the field goal. I mean, are you kidding me? That's, that's like unbelievable music to my ears. And the thing is, people have to understand this. If you do that over the course of a season, you're going to miss some, but you are going to win more games and score more points when you do that consistently over By the course large, of the season. Large, it's the vacillation large. between not going for it versus going for it that kills you in terms of that you know, season-long metrics. That's where fourth down is huge. Well, and then you get these these coaches that never go for it. So they try it, and you know Jason Garrett. They try it in some crazy scenario where they pitch it back to the wide receiver, and he fumbles it because you never practice the play, and all of a sudden you lose 15 yards. I'm never going for it again. Well, you, right. Just I told you to cross the road. I didn't tell you to run the red light. You know, go <laughs> be be smart about it. Right. It's, I mean, that, at the end of the day, it's probability. Right. It's not a hundred percent probability, but if it's a 60% probability, then that's a, that's a risk worth taking, but it's a, it's 40% not probable. But again, that's the type of thing that in one situation, one sample could go the wrong way side of the math, but over the course of the season, you're going to be on the right side of it. And that's, that's what I loved about it. So we've been able to find two positives from the game. Now, the first one obviously is going to be up for debate amongst Cowboys fans whether or not you can truly see what Dak Prescott is capable of, like the three of us clearly can. Uh, and I don't necessarily know. I'm, I'm sure the second point will be up for debate as well, considering how much heat I have heard Mike McCarthy take in the media uh, over the past several days. So, gentlemen, can we find a third thing that we Ald were pleased Ald with? Alden Smith. Thank you. I mean, he, this is a guy that shouldn't be playing football right now. You know, this is a pretty remarkable story. He was their best defensive player. Uh, and it, I don't even know that it was close. And so, I mean, all of the excitement surrounding him that we heard throughout training camp, it's like, all right, let's, you know, let's see. This guy hasn't played football in five years. Let's see. And we saw it. We saw it. You know, it's a pretty good offense. Fast rusher on the other side of on the other side of Tank. You know, they can consistently, yeah. when Tank's over there, eating up doubles. And, you know, Tank caught a lot of heat which, you know, he didn't have his best game, but with Alvin Smith over there going up against tight ends and, and you know, just eating, just eating them up. And that's what you're supposed to do in that situation. And he had a hell of a game. Yeah. I thought Trevon Diggs and Cheeto had a hell of a game too. I know Trevon Diggs got hit on that deep ball to Jefferson, but I mean, sometimes you just make a perfect pass. That was pretty, that was a pretty ball. And, you know, other than that, he had a solid night, and then Cheetah was on 40% completion percentage, and everybody wanted to move him to safety, which confused the hell out of me, but that's another conversation. Yeah, no, you're right. The, the, I think the, the secondary. Played, I think the two of them played really well. Uh, not everybody in the secondary played well. Mm -hmm. I'm not extending that to Darian Thompson. No, that's true, but, I mean, the secondary, just those two guys you named, 
I mean, to me, that's a huge win because that's your that's your that's your starting corners. Your starting right. corners had a good night against the Rams. Yep. You got to take a positive away from that, especially when their safety play was abysmal. Woods had a bad night. He let off on that on that ball to Jefferson. He let off while the ball was in the air. Took a bad angle. Had Jefferson not you know fell down, that that's over. He's that's a house call. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, the positive of Alden Smith uh, is certainly a, a big one that I don't know if a lot of Cowboys fans really were willing to put any eggs into that basket. Perhaps like we should have, everybody in and around the team was trying to lead us to that water, but it was up to you whether or not you were going to drink it. And I don't blame you for not drinking it when a guy's been out of the league for four and a half years. So um, having said that, what I saw was not only to me spectacular, it had me thinking he's so versatile. He was getting off of the line in a standing position quicker than the guys in three-point stances. And it just got me thinking about the creative ways that they could begin to move him around the line as the season progresses, uh, the creative um, foursomes that they could come up with from a rushing the passer standpoint when Randy Gregory returns, perhaps. Oh, that's going to be fun. You know, I'm sure Mike Nolan will be licking his chops with the opportunities that he's going to have ahead of him, all anchored by a guy who – quite frankly, may be on his way to winning comeback player of the year already in the NFL. All right, so how about the negatives which lead us into the Falcons preview? Where do we start, boys? Um, Mike, I think this is probably a good time to start with your pet cat. Uh, For those that haven't followed Mike on Twitter, again, at not to be trite, he has been – a proficient lover of one Blake Jarwin. And now without him, (laughs) I have no idea what they are going to do at that position. Nor do I know if I even want to see that position on the field going forward. No, uh, you don't have anybody that can do it. I don't don't know why Schultz is still on the team. What has he ever done besides drop drop balls, get penalties? That's all he's fourth round. So was Taco. Where's Taco at? Taco's on his third team. You know? No, I can't I can't explain it. And they brought Blake Bell in from the Chiefs this offseason. To me, Blake Bell's the one that has more value at this point to this. He's actually done something in the league. Because I'd like to see him line up at fullback and maybe help out with the the right tackle situation. I absolutely think he will help out this weekend. He will have to against the threesome of Grady Jarrett, Tag McKinley, and uh, uh, who's the last one that I'm missing there uh, with Atlanta? I mean, they got a trio of really special pass rushers. And the Cowboys – Oh, Dante Fowler. There you go, Dante Fowler. Forgot they got him. Right? You forget they got him. So, so, you know, Aaron Donald was a problem in and of himself, and we all saw that without (laughs) question. One player completely disrupted the Cowboys' offensive line. Shout out to the media for gassing him up the week before we played him. Yeah. (laughs) Bingo. They they deserve (laughs) to blame for that. Um, But the Falcons have three very capable pass rushers in and of themselves who all have already gotten on the stat sheet as of last week and were able to track down a pretty mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. So how concerned are you guys 
with the way that the offensive line looks, like I said, I think that's where Blake Bell probably needs to get more work this weekend than Dalton Schultz and not at the tight end position, but moving him back into a fullback position to, to help chip and, and help block on some of those guys that maybe might get a great release at the line. I think, see, Tyron had a bad day in, in you know, run protection, but pass pro, he's still, he's still going to get a solid night out of him. So I think you t- you do take Blake Bell in, and you if your guards are going to have another bad night, you've got to keep Grady Jarrett out of Dak. You don't that disruption up the middle is the worst possible thing for literally any quarterback in the league, and that's why it's, it's such a premium. That's why people love Aaron Donald. What he brings through the middle of that defensive that offensive line just destroys the entire play. So what you have to do is like we were talking about. Please run play action. Get these guys to bite because their secondary is awful. Hustle Wilson absolutely cooked them last weekend. Right. And we have we have better weapons than Hustle does, or equal to, you know, which however you want to call it like, that way. And you have a quarterback that's capable of doing that. And if you're going to try to run it up the gut and just we're going to man-on-man offense, defense, you could have a bad time. Yeah, I mean, they did get to him three times, but he was 31 of 35 for 322 <laughs> and four touchdowns. <laughs> if he didn't, they had some stat today. I think it was, uh, it was either next year or PFF. Uh, Russell Wilson had the – he didn't throw into a tight window the entire day. Not once. Yeah, they were the only defense, I believe, that was unable to force a tight window throw. Every single – who's the kid they got that – when Atlanta drafted uh, – A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell instead of C.D. Lamb. You know, A.J. Terrell, I forgot how many co- completions it was, but every single ball that went his way got caught. Yeah. They have – so this has not been a good defense really for a long time. It's crazy because Dan Quinn – Years and years and years. Yeah, and it's crazy because Dan Quinn was the great defensive coordinator of the Seahawks, and it's like since he took over – their defense has been atrocious. And fired the wrong code. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> and, and and I mean, so they do have they do have good pass rushers, and that is concerning, obviously, but they don't have a great secondary. They have two rookies playing meaningful roles for them. So this this should be a game where the Cowboys should be able to put up more than 17 points. Well, if they're willing to unleash it through the air. And that's where these conversations and talks about oh well the Cowboys saw this box so they tried to take advantage of it I don't want to hear that because that is all the Atlanta Falcons are going to give you they're going to want to give you boxes that make you think it's in your best interest to run the football that is a trick that is a trap and the Cowboys need to be mindful of that trap Kellen Moore specifically needs to be mindful of that trap And I think Cowboys fans will be looking for him to continue to air it out, even in the event that Atlanta commits more resources trying to stop them through the air. You're going to, because you'll get your hundred care, unless you get into a lucky scenario, like last year when we played the Rams and the running backs just ran all over them all day long, you're going to get a hundred. Otherwise you're going to get 150 yards from Zeke and you're going to lose the game by 14 points because you're not getting in the end zone. You're going to have to score points on this team because your, your defense isn't going to stop them. I mean, you got you can put Cheeto and Julio. I would, I would take Trayvon Diggs and tape him to Calvin Ridley, and then hopefully they start Brandon Carr so he can be on the tight end. But other than that, you're going to have to get home because the other guys are not going to help you. You know, Woods and Worley had 100% completion rate against last weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's a one-game sample size, but – 
Woods was like, I think he was 75% last year. And, you know, what is Worley? He just got here. Right. So, that's it. you're going to have no to Maurice Canada, right? <laughs> yeah, no, we but I mean, lost out. Man, it's just amazing, Mike. I laugh. Bec- I'm, and I mentioned his name. I only bring it up because he's one of the players who opted out this season. And I just laugh to myself because I remember when these guys were signed in the offseason and the extent to which some writers – would basically make a case for how they're going to win a starting job. Mm-mm. And now we step back and we see, well, just because Daryl Worley started for the Las Vegas Raiders once upon a time, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be able to step in here and be the fix that this team needs. And quite frankly, even though I hear them saying that they're going to try to continue to address their concerns in the secondary and at the linebacker position, which we haven't even gotten to yet. As I hear them say they're going to try to address those issues from the inside, I can't help but think to myself, I don't think they have the pieces available to address all the issues that they have. Trade for Taylor Rep. It's a great concept. I've seen you mention that on social media a couple times. I saw that he didn't get much run last week. Very intriguing. Would love them to take that opportunity because that I think that would also mean that he would be able to skip the, the quarantine yep. aspect of teams coming in because one of the things that yeah, the but Cowboys – you'd have to care about in, safety in any capacity whatsoever to actually well, believe you, you have to. You can't to. fix your linebacker position, and you can't ignore both of them. There's nothing you can do to yeah. linebacker. There's nothing. We're screwed there on that front the entire – I know we're getting to that in a minute, yep. but you're going to have to do something to safety because you can't do anything linebacker unless you're going to trade for Miles Jack. Yeah, you're, you're talking like a reasonable person that has a, I would say, reasonable belief in the importance of the safety position. There's n- literally nothing I've seen from Stephen Jones, the Cowboys organization, for the last decade that suggests otherwise the safety position. Like, they just – do not care at all about it. it. It's they've done. They've thrown no resources at it whatsoever, other than signing Haha Clinton Dix, and obviously that told, was a huge move for them. I told people well, when I he got signed, he would have been make the team. Yeah, I told people I was like, he's not better than Jeff Heath. Like that's the thing that I think was so funny. Like people are like, oh, he's he's gonna be great. He's better than Jeff Heath. Like, I, don't I don't know how many times though they need to get hit over the head with the proverbial frying pan to see that their back end of their secondary has cost them games over the most recent seasons we've seen. The back end of their secondary has continued to be a problem for them. And quite honestly, it also seems to be the position from an availability standpoint on the free agent market that does have talented players available and ready to be signed. I'm not just talking about an Earl Thomas. No, I mean, there are guys. That's a non-starter. That's 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 done. That's yeah. The water. I, yeah, I think yeah. I think it is too. And it's disappointing because, quite frankly, it's cutting your nose off to spite your face. I understand he could be a problem child in the locker room. I know what he came from, but you're between a rock and a hard place with this Cowboys secondary right now. You don't have an answer, and. He might not be the answer, but he might be. And you don't have anybody in the entire organization that you can point to and even try to sell the fan base on the idea that he might be the answer. Absolutely not. 
and, and I don't know. You have to do. You have to do. I mean, look at to be cliche. Look at all the past Super Bowl teams. They've all had, if not elite, far above average safety play. Every single one of them. The McCordy twins. You had Cam. You had all the all the got uh, Jenkins. Every single team that makes a playoff run has good safety play. They have good play on the back end. And it's not some headhunter. That position's dead. Cam Chancellor would not survive in today's NFL because no. all the you, you hit somebody like that, all the wide receiver has to do is sell it for a second and pop back up, and here comes your free yards every mm-hmm. single time. Speaking you of have safeties, to play the ball. Jamal Adams, to. 12 tackles, eight solo tackles, a sack, and two tackles for loss in that game against the Falcons last yeah. week. They gave up a quarterback haul for him, though. You don't give up a true. quarterback haul for that. That's, okay. that's insane. Well, then let's talk about the other safety that the Cowboys could have had, one I advocated for when he became a free agent three years ago, and he just anchored a defense that won a Super Bowl, the Honey Badger. Yeah. Not a scheme fit. Had to go to the Bahamas, Bo. And I'm so tired of hearing that scheme fit mess. I know. Didn't fit. He didn't fit the Bahamas. <laughs> he he, he, he because, could have put on the white linens and hopped on the plane. He might have well, been a cowboy. And, and we, as a fan base, everybody should be done with that from the Cowboys organization, from anybody inside that, because what did they just do? They did an entire draft. They spent an entire offseason. They hired a whole new head coach and a whole new coaching staff to convince us they were going to find the best players available and fit them to what they needed to get done. So as we're sitting here lamenting all the negatives, not being able to find an answer at linebacker, certainly not for this weekend. They're just going to have to roll with what they got. Probably not going to be able to find an answer at safety, although – we all agree it should be something they look to address, if not this week, then into future weeks, because it's going to take a long time to get free agents in here when you have to deal with this quarantine extra few days of getting guys into the organization as well. Um, it's, well, well let, let me ask you something, though, both of you guys. Was the defense average against the Rams? Were they Define, average? Define average because Jared Goff got 196 yards after contact, after, after catch. Mm, Sorry. Wow. They couldn't tackle. It was I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, I mean, they gave yeah, 20 it, points. That seems pretty average, right? I mean, um, cause, because here's what turn, I – Forced a turnover? They only, right. need, they only need the defense to be average. If, if this, you're, if you're going to trot that same offense out, you need, you need the defense to be elite. Right. Right, yeah. but that's not my expectation. My expectation is not an average offense. My expectation is a top-five offense, a top-three offense. What happened to Team 40-Burger? We dismissed right. the burgers already? Good in the water, so, we're, on, I, we're on life support right now. We lost Jarwin. We, we're, we're, and you know, and Jarwin that's, that, was the loss. Jarwin was what kicked the stout out. Well, of you the, know how it's Cowboys football. You lose one player and the season's over. Oh, you know, that's how the thing that's, unravels. That's how this works. You know, we that's lost right. our back. We lost our backup right tackle, boy. It's done. <laughs> Pack it in. Boy. Next season. Man, when I did see that Cam Irvin news, I, about, I grabbed my heart. I said, boys. We're in for a ride. I hope I can get my money back on that Super Bowl bid. We are in for a ride, brother. <laughs> they do that. They're known for doing that. Um, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, look, if this, if this offense is going to be average, then forget about any expectations we have. I mean, because your defense is going to be at best average. I think, 
I mean, I think in, in some ways the defense was average. I think in some ways the defense was bad. Ultimately, they gave up 20 points, which is like that's got to be good enough to win you games. But statistically, they probably should have given up more points. Um, for what Mike said, and I mean, and quite honestly, they were getting statistics. they they were getting run over too. Yeah, that was the other frustrating aspect. Malcolm Brown, a backup running back who hardly anybody has ever heard of, and quite frankly, a Rams offensive line that is not that different than it was a season ago when the Cowboys saw them, just manhandled them for the five most. For five, five for five on first down for a tutty. I think he might have got two tutties on on, on first down. Mm. So. Yeah, but hey, you know, ride with me here. This is a it's it, it's going to sound crazy, but it's actually the the Atlanta's. You know, I know they have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, and they had the vertical game. The Cowboys are built for that a little bit better. Yes. You're not you're not going to have Jalen Smith's not going to be out there trying to tackle Cooper Cup in the flat. Yep. You know, he's yep. not. He he looked out there in coverage. He was out wide like he was trying to stop a dog from getting out the fence. I didn't know what the hell he was doing. Well, oh and he's not going to be nearly as confused pre-snap because the Atlanta Falcons aren't going to run players, <laughs> you know, uh, horizontally on every single play. They have that old school high flying offense where they're yeah. just going to they're going to chunk the ball down the field and hopefully hopefully you can get home while those routes are developing. You can get home with a couple of your guys, get Matt Ryan off his back foot, and snag you a pick or two, try yeah. to get him off the field. And then maybe, maybe your special teams doesn't lose the game for you, and you start on the other side of the 40-yard line a couple times. That would be fantastic. You know, Wait, I, is that allowed? No, mm-mm, mm-mm. You Cowboys? have to start below before the 27, or you, you have to forfeit the game. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, this is a offensive line last year that gave up a ton of sacks on Matt Ryan. They're – basically the same offensive line from last year. It's been a bad offensive line. And I just think it's funny. It's like, yeah, well, they're, they're playing a team that's not that smart. So they won't make Jalen Smith go sideline to sideline, um, which is great for this week. It's bad for, like, long-term, you know, because yeah. it's pretty yeah. easy to watch on film how bad he is when you make him go sideline to sideline. Well, just well, boys, boys we're going to take it. We're going to take it one game at a time, one <laughs> week at a time. <laughs> that good days on top of good days. Everybody pray the Rams will make the playoffs this year so we don't have to see them again because they will make Jalen Smith look foolish. Well, do we want to make some predictions then, boys, for this weekend? Uh, I hate myself. I predicted the Cowboys would win every game last year. How many people will be in attendance at AT&T Stadium? Oh, nice. (laughs) I think 25%. I think Jerry's going to have, quote, 25%. 25%. They're going to have 25%. There's going to be 65,000 people in that place. <laughs> no fuss. Jerry will cook the books. You know, I don't know what you're talking about. Him and Greg Abbott are sitting up there in the press box drinking Johnny Blue. There's 60,000 people in there. Like, are we going to get a tidal wave of people when the doors open for the yes. standing room only seats? Yes. I absolutely believe People kill each to other to save video. 10 bucks off a of TV on Black Friday. You think they're not going to storm Jerry World? I'm telling you, man. I think – and, and they've been really vague about it. Jerry refused on his radio yeah. show this week on 105.3 mm-hmm. The Fan. He refused to discuss exact parameters. And, you know, I don't want to make too big of a deal about it because I don't really care. If you're, if you're the type of person that's willing to go to a football game and, and take the risk and you want to be there for that moment in time and, and you'll take the precautions to do so, then by all means, man. Yeah, have just a text me so I, can, I know not to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, have a blast. Just give me a warning ahead of time. But, hey, um, from a fan standpoint, I certainly want them to be there because that atmosphere is an advantage. 
it's definitely an advantage. Well, the Cowboys? Cowboys well, had home field advantage since like 1994. Well, right, I'd totally. say However, there's no traveling fans this year. The atmosphere should be an advantage. Yes. But they should actually have a home field advantage this year because there shouldn't be traveling fans. There shouldn't be. <laughs> not a dest- that's the one thing. It's not a dest- – you can't make it a destination right. stadium anymore. Right. Like when the Patriots played the first time and there was 85,000 Patriots fans yeah. in there. 2015, I was at that game. It was awful. Well, you can't yeah. make it a destination stadium now because they got another one just like it in L.A. Yeah, Jerry's, so- awful, Jerry's awful proud of that one, didn't he? Yeah, boy, <laughs> he might be more lot. proud of that one than he is of this Because he built the damn thing. He did. Eugenie's <laughs> columns here. Yeah, he, he, he actually he, – his company, and then he owns he's – a, he's a minority share owner in the, in the company that runs the parking for the damn place. So every, time, the, that, every time that place opens, he makes a couple million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I have um, a good buddy of mine's a season ticket holder for the Cowboys, and years ago, I'm talking five, six years ago, they noticed walking into the stadium, people that were kind of observing, you know, in a weird way, and kind of walked up to them and asked, and basically they said that they were studying the egress, re- what is it, egress, regress? Mm-hmm. So, like, they were studying, this was like a, a longitudinal study that Jerry had commissioned to be, and that was for the Los Angeles Stadium. So that, like, beyond the concessions and the parking and all the other things, like Jerry literally did build that stadium. Yes. And he, he, he was part of it from the ground floor. He moved two franchises studying. he doesn't own <laughs> <laughs> to get a stadium built that nobody wants to go to. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> it is, guys, a freaking genius. Well, well, let's do it. Real predictions then. Cowboys at Falcons. Mike, I tend to agree with you that the Cowboys are better suited to defend this Falcons team than they were against the Rams. I know that sounds stupid. I know that sounds stupid. Full disclosure, Ari and I both had the Cowboys beating the Rams, and I had them blowing the Rams to bits. So, I I picked the Cowboys to win every game last year. How big of a moron am I? (laughs) The home of heart, man. I was 8-8. hard to kill you. (laughs) I was 8-8 last year. But I can't. I can't pick. They're not losing two in a row. They're not losing at home with a crowd. Well, if, they lose, if they lose two in a row, I'm going to have to log off to Twitter.com for a yeah. couple of days. It's yeah. going to be a war zone. Well, no, that was a Jason Garrett team that refused to lose two in a row, right? That's right. When you counted them, the minute you counted a Jason Garrett team. He would save his job. <laughs> he right. would save his job. Every time. Mike he'd come out, he'd start going for it on fourth down. They were throwing on first yeah. down. They'd win the game. And you're like, oh, we're back. Freedom. And then the next day, it's next week, it's 80% runs on first down, and we score seven points. And everybody's just I'm living all again. over. I'm comfortable again. I fell for the okey-doke. Mike McCarthy cannot be in that position, though, in week two, can he? He cannot no. be in must-win mode. No. Uh, he better be. I mean, he said it himself. It's time to win some football games. Right. Honeymoon is over. Yeah. Look, I, I honestly don't believe they really need to win a single game until divisional play begins because they could go 6-0 and breezing through that division and wind up 8-8 and still win in the division because I think that the rest of the division is absolutely what that, what dog. That first round by. That first round by is different this year. you got to win a lot of games to get it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you ain't getting that first round by. No, with that type of attitude, you're not. That's <laughs> well, I, I are, the they Cowboys start it, are they going to start it then against the Falcons, Mike? They damn sure better, man. And, you know, it may not Maybe be a high fly- stuff. Are they going to do it or not? 24-17 Cowboys. There we go. 24-17 Cowboys. Ari, 
I like that score because they were 0-8 last year when scoring less than 30 points and 8-0 when scoring more than 30 points, which is a stat I hate. Because it's like, you want to see this offense put up points, but you also want to see them be able to win games where they don't have to put up 30. So with that being said, Cowboys 31. <laughs> Falcons 28. Defensive line redemption game. They, you, you just took my score right out of my mind. 31 to 28. Cowboys win. They will not need a late Greg Zerline field goal because, in fact, they'll be up by 11 points as the game is dying down. The Falcons will get a touchdown late, but it won't really matter. The Cowboys will settle this one and settle everybody down in Cowboy land, who is absolutely freaking right now because they lost to probably a better Rams team than we're giving them credit for. I think it'll be – yeah, I think that's fair. I think it'll be – or this weekend, Ooh. Ooh, I like that one. We haven't seen one of those in a while. It's got to be a defensive re- defensive redemption game. There was a lot of mess talked about them. And what about uh? I think we're gonna get our first CDs TDs this week. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, odds are we will. We didn't get it last week, right? Yeah. If hey, put that just wherever, wherever. If, if he's not on AJ Carroll, motion him over to where he's on AJ. Carroll, <laughs> Find him and then and then <laughs> throw the ball at him. And you'll win the damn game. It's that simple. I mean, you may win by, you may score seven points and win the game. Just attack AJ Terrell all day long and sack Matt Ryan and get the hell out of there. Go eat sandwiches. <laughs> follow Mike White on Twitter at not to be trite. Make sure to follow Roy White on Twitter at not to be no at at Roy Dub Three. I am Ari Temkin on Twitter at Ari Sports. And of course, make sure to check out all the great work all the great people are doing at bloggingboys.com. And across the Blogging the Boys podcast network, enjoy the game Sunday, and we will talk to you next week. But for now, Roy, leave them with something. Hey, Mike, appreciate you joining the podcast. Let's get them birds, huh? Yes, Let's sir. get the birds for bird. Do yeah. it for bird. Bird, do it for bird. <laughs> <laughs>